Thank you, praise team, for this wonderful worship and for all the effort that you have put into making this a special service. The title for today's message is A Simple Message. And we will be working through the book of Acts, in which we will uh, read chapter 2, verse 36 to 41. And this reminds me of a story. A woman finds an intruder when she arrives home from church. She has been working through the book of Acts and not sure exactly what to say in a situation like that. She yells out Acts 2.38, in which she uh, remembers that it said something about to repent and to turn to Jesus. Well, the intruder freezed. She called the police. The police comes and asks the intruder, why would you freeze when she yelled out a Bible passage? And he said, a Bible passage? I thought she said she had one Acts and two 38 specials. Today, we are going to read a Bible passage that speaks about Peter preaching in Jerusalem, and many by the thousands come to know Jesus. Now, to set a little bit the stage, eight weeks before, Jesus sat with his disciples. They, they had their last communion, and he told them that he was going to go somewhere. They didn't quite understand why Jesus was leaving. Then Peter denies Jesus, then Jesus is arrested, Jesus is, is taken uh, to the cross, and he dies. Three days later, he's resurrected. Many people are aware of that. It becomes the talk of the town. And Peter uh, sees Jesus, and Jesus tells the disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit comes, and he comes in a powerful and beautiful way to the disciples. And when they receive this Holy Spirit, they go outside and they speak to the people of Jerusalem, to the thousands there. And when they speak, something amazing happens. And this is the passage that we're going to read today. If you have your Bibles and you can open in the book of Acts, we're going to open in chapter 2. And I'm reading right now verse 14 in which it says, Then Peter stood up with eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. So this is the message and the passage that he's doing this sermon. And then at uh, verse 36, we read, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you that you have done so many beautiful things in Jerusalem on that day. 
And we pray that today you continue to do wonderful things in our lives. Challenge us today, and may we see your word in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What we read here is that Peter is speaking a simple message. Now, he's speaking to the crowd, and this is a crowd of people, and Jerusalem during that time had people coming from all over the, uh, all over the world, and, and it was a very mixed culture. And yet the message was very simple, is that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is a gift. Peter sets the authority on verse 36 by saying, Therefore, let all, all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now, just a few, a few weeks earlier, they remember this Jesus who entered Jerusalem. They remember this Jesus who healed the blind, who healed the sick, who made the lame walk. They remember Jesus for all that they have heard or even seen him do when he preached to the crowd. They knew who Jesus was. And yet, when Peter says that he has made him Lord and Messiah, he is asserting the authority that Jesus has to save us. And said, not only God has made Jesus, this authority, he also is going to give us the Holy Spirit. Now, many have heard that Jesus was resurrected, that he was alive. So now they, all they had to do was to receive him. But yet, instead of fear and judgment over what they have done, instead of receiving judgment over Jesus going to the cross and dying on the cross, they're now receiving the Holy Spirit. They're now receiving a relationship. And this is the kind of God that Peter was preaching about, the kind of God that forgave him. When he denied Jesus three times and Jesus sees him again at the beach after cooking breakfast, he asked Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And three times Peter said, you are Jesus. So for three times that he denied Jesus, three times he confirmed Jesus as his Lord and Savior. This is personal. This is intimate for Peter. So when Peter is preaching this message, he's preaching with his full heart because he has this relationship especially now with the Holy Spirit. But like any other gift, it does require acceptance. You know, children are very good at accepting gifts. If, if someone gives them a gift, they will accept it. They don't think twice. They don't ask questions, why do I deserve this gift? They just pick it up and open. It reminds me of the story of the little girl that went to her pediatrician and the pediatrician was listening to her and said, do I hear Barbie here? And, and she shook her head, no. Do I hear uh, Minnie Mouse? And she shook her head and said, no. 
It's Peppa Pig that I hear. And she goes, no, doctor, you hear Jesus. Jesus is in my heart. I received him in my heart. You see, we adults tend to question gifts, especially when they're too good to be true. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is too good to be true. Now, Peter received that Holy Spirit, and now he's offering that knowledge and the simple message that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. So when children accept gifts, and the Bible tells us that unless we are like a child, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So as children accept gifts, we too accept this gift of the Holy Spirit. We too say that the Holy Spirit is something we want. So in verse 37, they turn to Peter and they ask, Brothers, what shall we do? What should we do with this message? And then in verse 38, Peter replies, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So what we have to do is to repent and be baptized. It's very simple. It's very simple. Now, this is an action to join the community, to join the family of God, and yet is not doing one or the other. Peter didn't say, either you repent or you are baptized. They said, you have to do both because both are a relationship. The first one, to repent, is a personal decision, a decision that I am repented of everything that I have done in the past. is a decision to say that I will not do again the life of sin and the sin that I have done in my past. And from now on, I want to have a new life. And to be baptized is to say that I am a Christian because I believe that Jesus Christ is a part of my life now. And the baptism is a public display of our faith. It's to tell our family that now I am a part of the family. I am a Christian. So we as human beings have a problem. And the problem is that we know what we want. We know what we like. We know what we think. And our opinion is very valuable to us. You know, we believe we can do the best job with our life than anyone else can. We believe that we have all the choices ahead to make for our own life. So to repent and to let God take control of our life makes us vulnerable. And that for many is a problem because we feel that somehow if we know what to do that no one else will know better. Now when we think about our own lives and how much control we have over our lives, we realize that Every action we take brings destruction to us. But if we let God take control, He knows what's best for us. He knows how we were created, and He loves us dearly. So to repent is to change our priorities, is to change ourselves, is to change the way we look at the world, is to turn to God, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable 
to say that I have sinned, that I am a sinner, and I no longer want to be a sinner. But this passage in verse 39 tells us something very interesting. It tells us that the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So this promise is for other generations. This gift of the Holy Spirit is for other generations. It doesn't end with us. It begins with us, so our children get to see what God has done in our lives. And that's why for 2,000 years, there are still Christians, because many have taken this passage to heart, and many have come to Christ, because there are many people who are devoted in sharing the gift of the Holy Spirit. Carl was disillusioned with his church. He didn't like to worship anymore. The, the music wasn't his, to his liking. The sermon was a little bit boring, so he decided to look for a new church. He finds himself a new church and goes to the pastor and, and says, um, I'd like to know more about this particular church. And the pastor offered a membership class. He took the membership class and then contacts the pastor and said, Pastor, I'd like to join the church. However... I don't want to be as involved as many of the church are. I just want to come and enjoy the, the preaching and enjoy the music. I don't want to be involved. And the pastor said, well, Carl, I am so sorry, but I don't believe that our church will be a good fit for you. I would like you to check out this church. And he gave Carl an address. And Carl, the following Sunday, drove to that church and found a dilapidated building. It was empty. The parking lot had weeds. And there was no one there. And Carl was a little bit confused and called the pastor that afternoon and said, Pastor, I went this morning to that church that you told me about, but there was no one there. He said, well, that church is filled with members that don't want to do anything. That church is filled with members that just want to be there and attend. But for our church to work, everyone needs to have a part in the family of God. And this is what our children are seeing. This is what allows for our generations to see that God is still active in our lives. Now, Peter preached to thousands, and only 3,000 accepted and were baptized on that day. We don't know how many rejected. We don't know how many turned and went back home. We don't know how many decided that Christianity, that Jesus Christ wasn't for them. But we can't take that risk. We have people dying without knowing Jesus Christ, especially during this time now of a pandemic. We have to live a life in accordance to the scriptures so the next generations get to see how important it is for us to be Christians. Those 3,000 that accepted, they didn't accept a church. They didn't accept membership into a church. They didn't accept a new religion. They didn't even accept a new way of life. What they have accepted is that they were sinners. 
and that they repented from the sin that they have done and they accepted the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the simplest message ever spoken. That all we have to do to have Jesus Christ is to repent and to accept the Holy Spirit. So I have a challenge for you this week. Share the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, I want you to let other people know how much God means to you. Tell them about things He has done through this time. Tell them about things that God has done in your life. Share about God's movement in your heart. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, of course you cannot share something you do not have. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, the message still applies to you. It's still simple. If you want to have the transforming power of God in your life, if you want to live a life that is worth living, then all you have to do is repent and accept the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you have not, I'd like for you to pray with me. If you are in a place in your life that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to pray with me this very simple prayer and ask God to forgive you. So when you pray, you pray believing that God is listening. Let us pray. Father, I have sinned. I am a sinful person. But today, I pray that you will forgive. I repent of all my sin. And I want you to come into my life because without you, I don't want to live anymore. Fill my heart. Fill my soul with your presence that I may know that I am a child of God. I ask this because I believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. That simple message, that simple prayer, that simple act can transform your life. If you have prayed that prayer today, I want you to contact me via the social media. Just leave a note and I'll call you. But don't go without telling someone that you have prayed this prayer of salvation because it's the most beautiful and most wonderful prayer you could ever do because now you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to turn now to our praise team.